Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft and today I'm here with Jake Jackman who is going to talk us through his big wins and surprises from the Championship's most recent games. Yeah, thanks Louis. Um, there's a good weekend of football. Uh, we've got most of the games on Saturday this week which I always think is a little bit better. Mm. Um, get to see all the, all the highlights at once and uh, get to watch a couple of the games on TV which is always good. Um, surprising results. Um, I don't know, I guess you could probably talk about Stoke and Reading, but I think we both had Stoke down as winning that, so I don't know if that was yeah, a surprise yeah. anyway. Maybe not 3-0, but yeah, no. still, a, still a good win for them. Yeah, Reading losing three in a row now, haven't they? So it's, a, it's coming off a little bit, and I guess it's maybe some of their um, I know their results are reverting back to what we'd expect, because we didn't expect them to be top of the table, so maybe now they're just yeah. on a bit of a bad run now, but um, yeah. I guess it was surprising that they won 3-0. I thought Reading have been pretty solid and haven't been conceding too many. That was a, a big result for Stoke. Um, I'd probably say Rotherham beating Preston as well because I thought Preston would go there and win. Uh, and I think um, Preston got back into the game, didn't they? Got it back to 1-0 and yeah. Rotherham still went on to win. So that was a, a big win for them. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if, if there's too many other big surprises that this weekend. It sort of went how I thought it would. You could maybe talk about Barnsley beating Derby, but I thought we probably would have thought it might have gone that way, really, because Derby haven't been great this year, and yeah. Barnsley have just shown a bit of an improvement under the the new manager, and we liked them under the old manager as well. We think they're, they're very inconsistent, but they can come out with these results. I'm not too surprised at that. Bristol City beating Cardiff, that's a big win for them in 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 what is a a little bit of a local derby. So that was slightly surprising, but yeah, it's really that. That Rotherham win and, and just the extent that Stoke won and the, how convincing their performance was, that was a surprising one for me. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. You've picked out the main ones there. I thought the other game, what was tricky, and I know we previewed it last week, but Norwich getting that 1-0 win against Swansea. Like we say, probably not a surprise, but that keeps Norwich in third and obviously with all that momentum at the minute as well, um, in beating in quite a lot of games and uh, winning four of their last six. And we know... You know, we, we keep bigging up Swansea on this show and, and we know how good they can be. And, and even with that defeat, they are six. So I thought that was a big win for Norwich, like I said, just to keep you know some consistency there. Uh, and then the other one, again, probably not a surprise, but Forrest beating Wickham. Um, you know, I'm sure many people tipped Forrest to get a victory on that day. But again, I think with a clean sheet, two wins on the bounce now, bounce now for Forrest, uh, Chris Uton will be rubbing his hands together. And I think, you know, they can only climb the table. I think if Forrest had have drawn or lost that, then, you know, there'd have been probably not question marks at this stage. But I think, you know, that's just a huge boost for Forrest. So I thought I'd mention that also. Uh, moving into uh, standout players of the week then, Jake, um, who would you like to discuss from the games that you've already mentioned or, or any other teams, you know, from the results at the weekend? Yeah, um, 
from from the weekend, there was a, a few good uh, performances that caught my eye. I thought Dan Juma was good again for Bournemouth. Uh, he got a goal. Um, he's he's been very good for them this season. I thought that yeah. he stood out again uh, on Saturday. He seems to be quite consistent for them. And um, yeah, I think, I'm excited to see um, if he can maintain that. Obviously, David Brooks in the same game getting two goals. I thought, you know, it, either one of them could have could have taken man of the match. They were both really good, but you'd probably give it for Brooks for his uh, two goals. So he, he was very good. I thought Solanke, even though he didn't score, was good in that game as well. A really good attacking yeah. performance from Bournemouth. Um, so yeah, you could probably give it to to um, any one of those three. The, you look at the, um, you know, we spoke about who who might win the league or might, who might be top at Christmas, and you look at Bournemouth and their form, one defeat, the the players they have, they. They've bounced back since the second of Eddie Howe, and I think those three have been key to that. Um, Adam Armstrong was good again, um, coming back um, from injury. He was, he was very good. He, he's, I'm sure if we come on to one of the topics there, he might be in the discussion there. Um, yeah. And from um, who, else, who else impressed me this week? I thought, um, is it James Garner for... For Watford, I thought he was very good um, in the middle yeah. of the park there. I think he's on loan for Manchester United. He looks to be another one that that has come with quite a big reputation in in youth football, but he, he's come in, settled in at, at Watford, and and he's playing quite well for them. It's a few times now I've been quite impressed with him. Um, so yeah, he's another one, and um, yeah, you could probably pick out several more former four Blackburn players because they, they were the two teams that really caught my eye this weekend with their performances but yeah the main ones for me are probably Brooks, Dan Juma, um, Garner and Armstrong and Armstrong I'm sure we could a bit like Jared Bowen a couple of years ago I'm sure we'll be talking about him every week if he plays. Yeah definitely I think it's 11 goals in 11 games for Armstrong this season now isn't it and yeah I had Armstrong written down as I did Brooks at Bournemouth a couple more players to mention though I think uh, Connor Chaplin had a great game uh, one goal and an assist for Barnsley and I think he's the type of player that if you know Barnsley pushed this season towards that halfway in, in the table then he's the, he's the type of player that they need to you know, keep hold of, but you know, come January, um, I'm sure a few teams will be sniffing around him because he, he proven, you know, last season as well that he, he can find the net. Um, so yeah, great performance by him. Um, I'm going to mention obviously the the goals that Lyle Taylor scored against uh, Wickham for Nottingham Forest. He seems to be finding his feet now, and you know, a brace that he scored against Wickham is, you know, going to. Um, Give him a confidence boost, and you know, like I say, he's, he was a good signing, and you know, we all know what he can do and what he did at Charlton, and you know, one of his goals was a penalty. But yeah, you've still got to find the net. So I thought I'd mention his two goals, um, and then in the Sheffield Wednesday versus Millwall, that was nil nil. But again, picking out a goalkeeper, uh, Bielowski in the Millwall net had a fantastic game. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday managed to get seven shots on target, and a couple of those saves were uh, fantastic. So yeah. Um, but I'd mention uh, Bielowski in the goal also. Uh, just moving on to get James Gardner, like you mentioned, actually. Yeah, um, it's good to see him playing well at Watford. We know he's still only young. Uh, I've seen him live a couple of times and I was surprised that actually Manchester United released him because uh, there were lots of clubs sniffing around him. But yeah, I think he'll only uh, get better as the season goes on. So uh, good to see him probably playing his best performance for Watford so far this season. Uh, but that takes us into the topics then, Jake. In fact, we've kind of got two topics rolled into one at the minute because it's been a huge week at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they had, you know, the 
The points deduction reversed from 12 to 6. Um, and then not only that, they managed to uh, get a win against Bournemouth, a point against Millwall. So effectively 10 points within five days there. Um, and then come yesterday, as we record on the Tuesday, uh, they sacked Gary Monk. So, uh, yeah, like I say, um, big goings on at Hillsborough at the moment. So first and foremost, what's your thoughts on the points deduction? And then moving into um, the sacking of Gary Monk. What, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I think we'll start on the points deduction. Um, I guess this, um, above anything else, proves why it was so important that it was delayed till this season. Um, because if, if Sheffield Wednesday had been relegated in place of Wigan, um, it would have been quite unfair. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it does back that up and, and um, proves why they delayed that. And I, I think, um, I, I'm not going to get into the financial um, um, specifics because I'm not... I'm not a uh, financial lawyer, so I can't go into those. But um, it does seem like the EFL have let Sheffield Wednesday off a little bit here. I'm sure you'll have a more in-depth knowledge of it than me. But um, yeah, it does, does seem like they've the EFL often just decreased punishments, and this is another example. Um, yeah. But it, it's good news for Wednesday. Um, you could you could say now they're in you know touching distance of uh, getting out of it. Um, not bottom of the table anymore, which is uh, sure is great for you, Louis. Um, and yeah, they're in a, a pretty decent position now. And considering they've lost six points, even if they'd they'd still be down in a relegation fight, even if they hadn't yeah. six points uh, deducted, so we've got to make it clear it doesn't mean that they're easily going to get out of it now because they're above that level. Because I'm not sure they really are, but that's why they've made the, the managerial decision. And I think maybe the 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 fewer points deduction is. is accelerated the managerial um, switch, which is quite remarkable if you think of it, especially as he's taken four points from his last two. So it's, it's not like he's it's not like it's been terrible, or yeah. at least it, it maybe was for a few weeks before that, but they've started to turn a corner. But I guess they might have thought, we've got a much better chance of getting out of it now, and if they, they must not think that Monk is the man. And it's been three or four jobs now that Monk has been let go early, and it, it hasn't really quite gone for him at this level and you know we'd spoken about him on this podcast a couple of years ago and we'd have said that he was one of the better young managers but you know now you look at it and maybe he's not that um there's a lot a lot of other managers in this uh division doing a much better job with with fewer resources you look at Gary Rowett at, at Millwall um you, I mean that, that might not be the best example if you look at Luton and Barnsley and, and the way they're playing football and Nathan Jones especially came into that Luton team and it, they're now in the top top half of the table, which is which is remarkable considering they were the whipping boys for three quarters yeah. of last year. So um yeah, maybe it's the right thing for, for Wednesday to do. You look at the names linked. Um not sure if I'm it, it it's a bit of a weird list, you know. You have Tony Pulis as a favourite. I think I've seen the BBC report that he's on the shortlist. Uh David Wagner has been linked. Um Paul Cook's been linked, Nigel Pearson and Phil Campbell, I think, was linked, I've seen in the last hour, which is a weird around in slightly different things. Um, it, I'm not sure if, if Pulis or a Pearson is needed now. I think that they're in a position where they don't need to go for that out-and-out firefighter, although I can see why they might do. But I'm not sure they have to do that. I'd, I'd, I'd look at a Paul Cook, and I mm. think that would be, be an excellent appointment if they could get him in. We saw what he did at Wigan. He was slowly taking that team forward. I think if you're if without their points deduction, they'd have been a, a top half team from Christmas onwards and um, pushing the playoffs. So we can see 
that the improvement he he took on at Wigan and he's used to being in a bit of a um bit of an adversity um at, at a club at which he would be walking into at Wednesday given the points deduction. Yeah, I think that would be a really good fit for me. I, I also don't wouldn't hate it if they went for Sol Gamble, but I I, I think he yeah. was given quite an unfair run of things on social media because uh, he's he's had two very difficult jobs in with even worse financial um situations than, than Wednesday yeah. have. So it's a little bit unfair to to say that he's failed at lower down the league when he's actually kept Macclesfield up in in an even more perilous position than the one Wednesday find themselves in. So he needs to be given a chance at some point, but maybe not at championship level. Maybe he needs to have a, a slightly less crazy League One team before he can make the jump to this level. But I'm encouraged to see him linked. I think that the it, it would I wouldn't be totally right on Wednesday off if they went there, but I doubt they will. I look at the, the other names, Phil Neville, I think it's been linked to Danny Cowley. It's lots of yeah. lots of good options, Lee Johnson. Um but yeah, Paul Cook's the one that stands out to me after the you know the they've got a few points back. If they had still had the minus twelve, I'd have been looking at Pearson or, or Pulis straight away. But I think yeah now Paul Cook is, is one that you could bring in and he, he could keep you up. But he's also I also think that he's a little bit more forward thinking and that the style of play will be a little bit better and I think he's got room to progress as a manager we've seen him go all the way from League 2 to the Championship with various clubs um, and he, you know, he, he's managed big clubs at, at before you'd say Wigan in League 1 then not the size of Wednesday but it's a big club at that level so he's used to the expectation Portsmouth in League 2 he managed and got them to the title so yeah he's, he's managed biggish clubs at low levels before so I think that um yeah, he'd be an excellent appointment. So I don't know what your thoughts are on the on the points deduction and who you'd like as a Wednesday fan. So I'm sure you'll be able to give a lot more insight than me. Well, on the head, uh, my um, opinions aren't dissimilar to yours, to be honest. I think you know regarding the points deduction, I think it was only last week when we recorded actually that at that time we'd lost four on the bounce, and I said like that the appeal is probably only the light at the end of the tunnel at the minute. So when it did happen, and you know I know it was minus six points, it's it's made just a huge difference. I think even with the fans, it's give everyone kind of a confidence boost. And, and to see us then go 23rd in the table after that point against Millwall, it kind of makes me question how bad Derby are, to be honest, and how bad they're doing. It kind of makes me wonder how Koku's not been sacked as, as of yet. And, and I know there's um, a lot of things going on at Derby at the minute with a possible takeover. But yeah, the, the Gary Monk sacking... Even though it's not a shock by any means, you know, he's got a very poor record at Hillsborough. Um, you know, this season, we just simply can't seem to find the net. Um, you know, we've only scored five goals in 11 games. Uh, we're not managing to keep a clean sheet. So, you know, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. But, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a shock that he, he left or was sacked. But it probably did come a little bit as a surprise, given, like I say, the, the week we had where we managed to gain... 10 points and I really thought that he'd have been given till Christmas however it is the international break and as we know um, this is where chairmans do like to make changes and Chan Siri's done it before um, it was uh, Carvajal I believe who he sacked in an international break also so uh, or it may have been Lukai I can't remember but um, you know a week ago I'd have probably thought Tony Poulis or uh, Pearson was was the right, right man to come in and get us out of, you know, a relegation fight. And, and like back then when we were still on zero points, it, it felt so far away, you know, 23rd. But with, with the 
reverse decision and minus six now putting us on six points in total and above Derby. Yeah, I think we can look forward and probably or hopefully bring in a manager that's more long term, um, at least for a few years anyway. I think if you were to appoint a Pulis, it'd have been like a a year, to, you know, a year to eighteen month contract where it's literally just, you know, come to the end end of the season, it's it's finishing twenty first. But I think our objectives have changed a little bit now, and I think I'm with you. Yeah, I think Paul Cook is probably my first choice. Um, he's obviously proven himself. Had a great season with Wigan last season. We all know what happened there. Yeah, unfortunate to go down, but we, they played some really good football. Um, and then the only other man I've mentioned his name already because of his link and you know what he's done at Sheffield Wednesday in the past as a player. But Nigel Pearson, I, I think, you know, I don't know whether Pearson would be holding out for a, you know, I'm not saying a bigger club, uh, but obviously being in the Premier League with Watford, um, he's going to be on decent wages. Um, but like I say, the link with Sheffield Wednesday, whether he'd come to us, I'm not sure. But I think many fans would like to see it. Um, I just don't know, you know, how far he could take us. But I do like the fact that Pearson is very retro, like he's old school. You know, it'd, it'd take, you know, no rubbish, if you like, in, in the changing room. It'd be very much, you know, finding order and uh, going about our way. So I'd, I'd like to see him also. So they'd be, they'd be the top top two for me, Pearson and Cook. But um, like you said, there's, there's so many names. I, I, I believe it was uh, Paul Cook who was favourite this morning, then he's changed to Poulis. And then as I've arrived home from work, it's uh, I've seen Leeds being uh, thrown out there. So, uh, yeah, so we'll certainly see. And I'm, I'm guessing, or fingers crossed, that Sheffield Wednesday will appoint a boss um, before their next fixture, which uh, I believe is with Preston, which will be difficult. So, uh, yeah, hopefully in this next... Uh, seven days or so, we, we will find out. But I'm going to go into the next topic then, Jake, uh, which is asking you the question, who do you consider to be the best handful of players in the championship at the minute? Um, because if we go back only 12 months, you could potentially say the likes of Jared Bowen and Ollie Watkins, Ben Rama, Bradley Dack were probably you know the, the best players in this division. Uh, but for whatever reason... Um, they've moved on or teams have been promoted out of this division, etc. So who do you believe they are now and why? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think there's two ones that jump out on current form, and then I'll maybe talk about a couple more that I think could come into this conversation mm. in the in the coming months. But you got to look at Adam Armstrong. He's he's what he's producing yeah. on a weekly basis is ridiculous at the moment. He's he's got eleven goals. Um, 
hasn't even played all the matches either. I think he missed one for injury. So 11 goals from 10 games, 52% of Blackburn's goals. And Blackburn are a team that score a lot of goals. So that's quite impressive. And he's averaging 5.5 shots per game. So to, to give that a bit of context, the next best in the league is 3.7, which is Woodrow and Josh Karoma. So he is shooting a, a lot and he's creating a lot of chances. He it's not, it's not only goals he gets either. He gets a, I think he's had a few assists. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he's had a couple at least. Um, so he, he's so vital to how Blackburn play. And he's got the stature that maybe you wouldn't expect him to be, um, you know, so dominant at this level in such a physical league. He's quite a quite a short short guy, but he's doing so well. And as a Newcastle fan, I watch it and just think that maybe we. We let him go a bit too soon, especially as we let him mm. go when we were at the championship level. I think we, we sold him to Blackburn then. So that was a bit, bit of a disappointment that we didn't give him more of a go. So I think that if he was, maybe he wouldn't have developed at the same rate. I think that Tony Mowbray has been so important for him. He was on loan at Coventry before he went to Blackburn and he scored a lot of goals in League One under Mowbray. So it's obviously a, a coach that brings the best out of him. Uh, but yeah, he's taken his game to a new level. And I don't even think that's been from the start of this season. I think you'd probably talk about from January that he's really taken his game on. Um, yeah, definitely. He was really yeah. good towards the end of last season as well. So yeah, for me, he's he's the best player in the league at the moment. And it's I don't think you can really argue with that. Um, just purely the goals he scored and, and the amount of chances and, and shots he's having. And Blackburn are only 12th. So you look at that Blackburn team and... They're the team, especially with a plus seven goal difference that you think they're in a little bit of a false position and we'd expect them to push up the league a bit. And I think Armstrong's going to be central to that. Um, so, yeah, for me, he is the, the best player in the league at the moment. And below that, Ivan Tony's starting to really come on. You've got Embuemo at Brentford as well. They're two very good players and Tony is doing excellently. Um, you've got uh, uh, Norwich, you've got Cantwell and Buendia and Pookie, who are obviously, yeah. you know, they... they their reputation to talk for themselves and we haven't seen the best of, of Buendia and Cantwell yet, especially as there's a bit of speculation about their futures, but I think they're really going to come on in the next couple of months, so I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about them a lot more on this show. Um, and I, I, I quite like Andre Ayu. Ayu. I think he's very underrated at this level. When you watch Swansea, he looks like he's a player that has played Champions League football before, so I think in he maybe doesn't have the goals and the assists to, to show that, although he's on five goals, which isn't bad at all. Um, he, he, for me, just watching him, he just looks a cut above in everything that he does on the pitch. So, yeah, he, he's definitely up there for me. Um, I'm just surprised that Swansea have managed to, to keep hold of him for 18 months of championship football because he is very, very good. And, uh, yeah, we don't talk about him enough on the show, really. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You know what? You've picked every single player you've mentioned there off my list. Uh, so I don't really need to say much more. But I think for me, yeah, Adam Armstrong is certainly number one at the minute. Um, and you actually forget how young he still is, only 23. I've had a look as well. He's got one assist this season. Uh, but like you say, for a good 12 months now, he's just been consistent. He's managed to score so many braces in this division over the last yeah nine months, really. Uh, it's unbelievable and he's continuing to do so again in the player of the week that we've mentioned scoring two goals um, and I think yeah he's, he's probably we can hold our hands up and say yeah he's probably the best player in the, the division at the minute and, and yeah it, it feels like he's been around for so long but he, he just seems to get better and better uh, as every month goes by really so yeah credit to Tony Mowbray like you've said and um, 
yeah, the the only worry for Blackburn is there'll be plenty of you know teams sniffing around him in January, won't they? That's the only issue you've got is when you've got a good player in this division. Um, I've mentioned names already, but like Bowen, Watkins, Ben Rama, they all tend to move on, whether it's in you know six months or two years' time. Eventually, that happens because they're proven to be too good for this division. So um, I think with him only being 23, also that yeah is is probably unfortunately going to end up moving away from Blackburn. But um, yeah, the, and I'm I'm very hopeful that that is back to Newcastle. <laughs> a possibility, isn't <laughs> because it? Because yeah. I. It, it would leave a very sour taste in the mouth if I saw him go to another Premier League team because I always thought he'd go on to be very good. But yeah, even I'm surprised that we're talking about him as the Championship's best player. I think at the start of the year, I'd have said one of the best players in the league, but I wouldn't have thought yeah. he'd have done quite as much as he has done. And uh, yeah, he even surprised me. We already had a very high opinion of him. So yeah, he's really taken his game on. Yeah, and I think if you look at you know the fees, what, such as Watkins has just recently gone for to Villa. I'm sure, you know, Armstrong's in a similar bracket, you know, between 15 and 18 million pound, uh, quite possibly, especially if he continues um, doing what he's doing at the minute and finding the net. But yeah, other names for me, I, I had Mbwemo, Puki, uh, Buendia and uh, Andreeo also. I know um, that's kind of biased towards the attackers, but, you know, in, in this division at the minute, I think, you know, the likes of, Aidan Flynn and Pontus Janssen have kind of not, you know, uh, been head and shoulders above any other defender in this division in, in recent years. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, but ultimately, number one, Adam Armstrong for me also. Uh, so that takes us into thoughts and feelings, Jake. So if you want to just uh, discuss a team and how you feel about them at the present, then please do so. Yeah, I think I might go go Luton this week. Um, yeah, <laughs> speak about them. Touched on them slightly earlier uh, on Nathan Jones, just how good they've been. But, yeah. Um, even though I've been seeing them pick up some, a couple of wins, you know, I've been seeing them pick up wins. Um, even slightly surprised to see them up in tenth position. But credit to to Nathan Jones, you know, this time last year we'd have been speaking about how, you know, his Stoke team were playing really well but not getting results, and that maybe it was just just wasn't going to work out for him at this level. But he's, He's come back in with Luton, which is a big gamble uh, because he, he, you know, he'd left them in quite a bad state. Um, I think there's a bit of bad blood for the fans, but he won them round by keeping them up, and then now he's he's pushing them on, and I think that he he just suits the club. I think we've said that with with other managers before that they seem to suit certain clubs. I guess you you might say Eddie Howe is similar to this. You know, he went off to Burnley, wasn't quite the same. Um, and returned to Bournemouth and took them up to the Premier League and gave them the best years in their history. So I'm not going to say Luton are going to go up um, to the Premier League um, because I think they don't have the, the finances that, that Bournemouth have because they, uh, Bournemouth had at the time because I think Bournemouth were bought out by a, a, a foreign investor. But still, I think that Luton are probably having the best years they've had in, in quite some time. They went down to yeah. non-league football, they're back up in the championship and they're competing. And... Um, you rarely see Luton now get well beaten. Uh, I think it happened a couple of weeks ago against Brentford, but um, even in those games, they do put up a bit of a fight and they, they, they don't go down without, you know, they don't go down easily. And uh, they're very competitive, I think. They've only conceded 11 goals, so an average of a goal a game, which which isn't bad for a team that, that many thought would be relegated at the start of the season. Um, goal scoring is, it might be a bit of an issue. Only got nine goals. Um one of the lowest scorers in the division. Um, 
but still, I think that they're built on such strong foundations. I think they play some quite nice football. I think he's slowly. Uh, I think Nathan Jones is slowly starting to to improve how good they are in possession uh, back to the way they were playing in League One. Because I think in, in League One and League Two they they were really attacking under Nathan Jones. But now he's come back in and he's had to try to rebalance the team, and build up the confidence in, in a lot of the players. But yeah, really, really, really like Luton. And then they're a team that you think that they're definitely more of a team than, than any individuals. Like, um, mm. there aren't many players there that I pick out and say, oh, they're, they're crying out for a, a move to a bigger club. Um, I think the defenders are very good. I think Norrington Davis, I've been quite impressed with him this season, uh, the young left back. Um, Simon Sluger in goal, I think, is, has come on a lot since his first couple of games last season where he looked a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a, a walking disaster. But now he's, he, He's one of the better keepers in the league now and very consistent. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where Luton goes this year because I think there's no, no, no danger going down for me now. I think that not only just the points they've picked up and the gap they, they've already established, it's already 10 points, but it's, it's also just I think that the feeling is good around the club. And when the feeling is good around the club, you just expect them to, to continue, maybe not going along at this pace, but continue picking up results. And whereas you look at teams at the other end of the table where the feeling isn't so good. Um, like Derby and um, QPR and um, Shepherd Wednesday, obviously Nottingham Forest uh, until recently. You know, yeah. I think the general mood is quite important. And, and Luton, just, they just look like they belong at this level now, which is quite a, quite a, uh, quite praise in itself because like, we would have thought they, they, they weren't going to stick around at this level for very long. But now I, I would be surprised now if we didn't see them for a third third year at this level, which in November, it's very early to say that, but yeah, it's really impressive Luton. And just think that if we talk about them again in a couple of months' time, I think there would be even more improvements, even if the results maybe don't stay at this level. I think that we're going to continue seeing improvement under Nathan Jones. And I think that he learned a lot from what happened at Stoke. And um, yeah, I think he's a really good fit for Luton. And I think that um, they're only going to go in one direction. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team or a promotion team anytime soon, but I think they're going to be a solid mid-table team. And um, yeah, that, that's a great achievement considering the uh, the quality of the squad and the finances behind them. Yeah, I've got to agree. They've certainly raised a few eyebrows this season, haven't they? Um, you know, I don't know where Luton's limit is this season. I'm with you, though. I don't think they'll you know, reach the playoffs or anything like that. But if they finish around halfway, then, you know, uh, given their circumstances and you know the, the budget they've got, then that that would be a, a great season for them. And, and not only that, they've lost two recently, but and, and wins, you know, bounced back straight away and, and got wins in both of those games. So I kind of like the you know, um, what you know, what's the willpower to to come back and get victories? I think that you know, Luton have probably realised in this division now that you know every game there's an opportunity to pick up points. It's you know, last season they were very much if they'd have lost a game, they'd have probably lost a couple more and, and it, you know, finding the feet again. But no, that straight back at it now, and I think that's the mentality that Jones obviously inspires. So yeah, uh, good luck to Luton this season, and definitely worth mentioning thoughts and feelings. I'm going to discuss Watford. I think um, the reason I've picked them is because obviously one of the relegated sides from the Premier League, and and when Watford, Norwich, and Bournemouth all came down, I remember asking the question, you know, do, do we think you know, these sides are some of the strongest to have come down and there were certainly question marks over Watford, not as a uh, as a good team in this division, but, you know, 
Um, I think many people wouldn't have thought that they'd have gone straight back up, and I'm not saying that they're going to do so. But I think you know, with a change of manager and since uh, Vladimir Ivic has come in, I think he's done a really, really good job. They tend to just um, they, they remind me kind of when Norwich went up a couple of years ago uh, that they kind of just pulled out a result out of the bag from nowhere without you know playing that well, which is probably a bit harsh on them. Um, but even if you go back to the weekend being two one down against Coventry and managed, you know, with with not too long remaining, twenty twenty five minutes remaining, um, and managing to get the win there, I think that's just in the championship the the mentality of a, a promotion winning side. And you know, I know it's early days, eleven games in, but you look at you know second, third, fourth in the championship, um, and it is Watford, Norwich. Bournemouth, all the teams that were relegated and you know over the course of a season we know that talent prevails and in this division you know the likes of Ismail Saar and João Pedro um, players like that what Watford have got we've mentioned James Garner as well and Ben Foster's certainly one of the better goalkeepers in this division despite his uh, howler if you like uh, for Coventry's uh, first goal at the weekend but yeah it's certainly players what are probably going to get Watford out of this division at some point, or, or at least get them into the playoffs. So I thought I'd mention them, and I think um, I think yeah that they'll be right up there come the end of the season. I think that they've just just got what it takes, and like I say, they keep you know pulling these results out of the bag. And um, not only that, they've you know lost a couple of games this season, but at the same time they, they bounce back and, and win straight after. So uh, yeah, so far so good for Watford. That takes us into previews and predictions, then Jake. So. Uh, because of the international break, we have to jump forward a week, kind of, uh, which would take us to Friday the 20th of this month at 7.45 kickoff. That's Coventry versus Birmingham. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, it's going to be a, a good game to watch, I think. Um, um, two teams that have recently played at St Andrews, um, or still playing at St Andrews. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, to, this one. I think Coventry have been a bit of a weird one for me this year. Been, I was very impressed when I watched them. I, can't remember, I think it was against QPR a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night. I thought they looked very good in that game. Might be, I think it's one of the first games of the season, but they, were, they impressed me. And I'm slightly surprised seeing them as low as they are. I thought that um, out of the, the three teams that came up, they'd be the best suited. Um, but maybe um, it is actually um, Rotherham that are looking a little bit better. But um, yeah, I think Birmingham have been solid enough on the Karanka mid-table, where you'd expect them to be. Yeah, I think I'm just going to tip the draw on this one all. Yeah, I can see why you've said that. It's difficult as well coming off the international break because form goes out the window a little bit. Um, and, you know, both sides, I feel, struggling to score a little bit in this division this season. So I'm going to go nil-nil. So I'm with you. I'll call this one a draw. That takes us into... Uh, 21st of the month, the Saturday, 12.30 kickoff. Um, a big game at the top, Bournemouth versus Reading. Bournemouth have got the opportunity to uh, overtake Reading and, and possibly go first in the division. Um, so how do you feel about prediction for this? Um, yeah, I'm not sure on this one. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this one, Louis. Actually, I normally give my prediction first. I'll let you go first. Well, I'm swaying towards a home win just simply because of Reading's three defeats on the bounce. I think, you know, you, you, you lose three. Uh, Bournemouth have only lost one all season, which strangely enough was against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, Bournemouth will just be too strong for a Reading side that 
are probably, you know, they've overachieved in this first eight games of the season. Everyone was, you know, shocked in many ways where Reading were. I just think, you know, over the course of the season, the league table doesn't lie, and I predict that Bournemouth will be above Reading in 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 many ways. I, I could put my house on that. So I think a game like this year, I'm going to go two nil to uh, Bournemouth in this one. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'll agree. I think Bournemouth really impressed me at, at the recent weekend, and I think they've got a better team than than Reading, and haven't they've only lost once. And yeah, I think. In a couple of months' time, Bournemouth will be above Reading in the table. So, but yeah, I think I'm going to go for um, go for a, a Bournemouth win here. I'll say, I'll go two 0 as well. Though whenever I predict Reading to lose, they normally win. So, uh, yeah, maybe everybody <laughs> should go out and, and put some money in Reading to win this one. Yeah, you never know with Reading. They are one of those teams that are just so unpredictable. Uh, but that takes us also on the same day, the Saturday three o'clock kickoff again near the top. Uh, two sides doing ever so well this season. Uh, Middlesbrough versus Norwich. Interesting on this. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, Middlesbrough are very quietly under the radar and, and and very difficult to beat. Only lost once, like Bournemouth. Um, a few too many draws, but I think that's Neil Warnock's method, isn't it? If you don't if you don't win, you make sure you don't lose, and, and they're definitely applying to that. I think they were a little bit unlucky against yeah. Brentford. Could have won that on another day and um, played really well. And uh, yeah, they've been. <laughs> One of the better teams, in one of the most consistent teams in the league this year. Norwich is starting to, to step up a gear, um, but they're still struggling a little bit to, to get the killer instinct that, that, that they previously had uh, at this level. Um, I might tip the Middlesbrough win here. I might go for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. I just think that this is perfect for Neil Warnock. And after seeing them against Brentford, who um, I'd probably consider a slightly better team than Norwich. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go for the Middlesbrough win. Cool, yeah, I completely understand why you've said that. I tend to usually pick a, a, a draw as a prediction when I, I can't, you know, decipher between either side. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this now. Uh, you know, Middlesbrough, like you said, have only lost once, drawn six. So that kind of sways me to the draw also. But Norwich, again, I think a team that are going to be right up there and pushing automatic promotion. So, but yeah, because Borough at home, I'm going to go uh, 1-1 in this one. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, that's the end of the show. So if you'd like to let our listeners know where you can find you, Jake, uh, now would be a good time. Yeah, cheers for listening. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jeff with two ends. I've been on the Premier League show this weekend. Um, so yeah, give that one a listen at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. Yeah, cheers for listening. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be on this podcast again soon. I'm sure you will also. Uh, I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter, but remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, we would like to take this opportunity again uh, to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.